Quack, quack, everybody. Welcome back to episode 44 of Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. I'm your host, Jonathan, and as always, I'm here with my brother, Jeremy, to cover one of our favorite childhood movies. Jeremy, say hello. Hello, and welcome back to Inside Quotes. I'm, oh, uh, you're doing the intro? Oh, uh, you're uh, welcoming me? I was trying to welcome you, you silly goose. Oh, oh, my bad, dude. I'm sorry, dude. Pay attention, man. Must be losing some sleep or something i'm working the night shift recently so it's just it's been it's been a lot on my plate why well, it's, un- it's understandable because i mean you're working the night shift you've also got this uh virtual reality driving range that you're working on on the side you got yeah. all these entrepreneurship ideas it's tough it's tough but yeah yeah thanks for sparing you know an hour or so to record this week's episode dude hey no big deal if it gets if it becomes a big problem, I'll just be like, keep a lid on it, butterscotch. Are you cracking wise? I'm not cracking wise. <laughs> Why do you get so defensive on that? I'm not cracking wise. <laughs> uh, the movie the movie we're covering this week is, of course, a Robin Williams hit. This isn't actually really Robin Williams' movie, although he does steal the show on multiple occasions. Sure. Um, this is Ben Stiller's movie. Wouldn't be the same without him, though. Robin Williams. No. Yeah, no, obviously not. The only person I would think that could take his spot would probably be uh, Nick Offerman. Oh, yeah. Who played Ron Swanson. He'd probably do a good job. But anyways, the movie we're discussing today is the 2006 hit single, hit hit, hit movie. Hit single. The, the 2006 hit movie, Night at the Museum. Yes. It's a medieval movie, right? Like Knights. Nights at the museum. Uh, No, unfortunately not. This is basically just a historically educational Toy Story. I mean, I could see that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I said Nights just a second ago, it reminded me of some some other Owen Wilson movies. Remember Shanghai Shanghai Nights? Shanghai Nights. (laughs) Yeah, we will be covering those. Owen Wilson, like as a cowboy in this movie, reminded me of that. You know, I always remembered he was in this movie, but I forgot how good he was in this movie. He's great. He's essential. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've watched this, but there are so many people that I either didn't never recognized that they were in this movie or forgot that they were in this movie. Dude. OK, so I have a long list of a long list of two, you know, <laughs> okay. that that I that I wrote down that I forgot. All right. Number one, Paul Rudd. Yes. <laughs> Playing the stepdad. <laughs> I like laughed out loud when I saw him just walk in yeah. into the into the apartment. And I was like, Paul Rudd is in this movie. It was the best. Like, oh man. It's pretty pretty chilly. It's... Chilly outside. Chilly chilly. Willie. <laughs> How about this weather, man? <laughs> and second, Ricky Gervais. Yes, yes. <laughs> I forgot. Which we'll we could talk about Ricky Gervais later, but I like his I like his role. Yeah, in this movie, yeah, he's good. Um, Other than that, you've got um, Owen Wilson, and if you had asked me, I probably would have, I would have said, "Oh yeah, he's in that movie." But I just did not remember. Like he's he's got some great quotes in this movie. And I loved the, the, just all the banter between him and Ben Stiller, just calling him Gigantor. No problemo, Gigantor. <laughs> it's just hurtful. It hurts my feelings. I don't like it. Um. The other guy, I think his name is Steve Coogan. 
Is that the gladiator? Daughter was Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. <laughs> trying to remember this. It's not. It's no. Steve Coogan. Um, one actor that was in the movie near the end. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's... I remember that. This is the first thing I remember seeing him in. I mean, this is before, um, like what, Mr. Robot. He was on that, right? I think yeah, that was yeah. kind of before, his hit show. Before really anything. I think he's in the new James Bond movie coming up. But anyway. Is he really? Yeah. He's good. I think he's going to be the villain in that. Ooh. What's his name? I, I wrote down, what's the tablet? The tablet of Achman Ra. Achman Ra. Is that his name, Achman Ra? I assume so. It's his, it's his tablet, so. So what What was your hot take a, a second ago that you had? Oh, that <laughs> this is basically historically accurate educational Toy Story. Okay, all right. So this movie reminded me of an educational video that I watched as a kid. Maybe you saw it too, but Jeremy, do you remember watching in art class at FCA a Sesame Street film called Don't Eat the Pictures, where the Sesame Street characters are like trapped in a museum? Do you remember this and like Cookie Monsters in it? Uh, uh, it's very obscure. I need a Jimmy Neutron bl- brain blast right now. That's what I need. Uh, I don't even. Really, it's not. It's not hitting right now. I don't. I don't even remember the plot that much. But I. I do remember there was like this like Egyptian boy that comes out at the end, <laughs> kind of like like kind of <laughs> like in this movie, and he's like he like walks these staircases into the stars to like be with his ancestors or something like that. Oh yeah. They're locked in overnight. It is guaranteed that I will be looking this up on YouTube though and watching it later for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I I cannot say that I, I can remember that. I remember watching it because we had the same, we went to the same school and we had the same art teacher. Like every grade basically went to the same art teacher. And I remember watching this like several times throughout my years in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like every year we watched this movie and it's like a, it's like a TV special, like a one hour TV special. And it was called don't eat the pictures. And it has like a picture of cookie monster, like sitting in front of like a painting. It's time to <laughs> Google this. Don't eat the pictures. So what I'm seeing here is Cookie Monster singing along, comparing art to cookies. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big plot plot point, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they, they get locked in. And so the whole, a lot oh. of the night, they're like trying to prevent the Cookie Monster from eating the pictures. I, I, I see Pharaoh on the screen. Yeah. Or at least the tomb. Now, I don't remember if... Interesting. I don't remember if things from the paintings come to life like a night at the museum, but yeah, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. I, I just was really nostalgic for that video. I remember watching that a lot as a kid. <laughs> anyway, so 2006, that was a year. It was for Owen Wilson, at least because that was his breakout role. He hadn't really been in much at all yeah, until yeah. he had voiced lightning McQueen. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> It's like, no, I've memorized his IMDb page. Well, yeah, okay, so 2006 was, like, a really big year for Owen Wilson, because, like... Big year. That's a reference, right? To an Owen yeah. Wilson movie? <laughs> hey, if you've seen the big year... You like birds. That's the real ones right there. 
You like birds, dude. <laughs> I love that. I unapologetically love that movie. <laughs> I'm fully aware that it's a bad movie. But anytime you have Steve Martin, Owen Wilson, and Jack Black on the screen together, it just I'm into it. It had so much I'm potential. It. it did. <laughs> and the Eels did a song on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when the yeah. Eels take hold of a soundtrack, yeah. it's fire. <laughs> At holes. Anyways, um, 2006, Owen Wilson, he was in Cars that year. And remember, with a little rust ease and an insane amount of luck, you two can look like me. Ka-chow. Uh, that was around 05, I think, actually. No, 06. It was 06. It was 06. Okay, that's what I thought. Pixar skipped 05. They didn't release a movie that year. You know, but 05 just seems like The Incredibles, like written all over it. 04, man. You know? 04. I know it's 04. I know it's 04. But I don't know. Well, you know how movies, they usually shoot them like the year before. So like this movie is probably shot like 2005. In fact, I know it was because there's a shot of Ben Stiller at his desk and there's a calendar that says 2005. (laughs) Because see, animation works backwards. So they actually like do the animation the year after the movie comes out. But the movie uh, comes out the year before. It's it's a whole different process. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> so that's why in the I Incredibles, thought you were being serious for a second. The Incredibles. That's why it feels two thousand five. <laughs> I straight up was about to correct you and be like, "Dude, you know you're wrong on that, right? <laughs> you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong. You're gonna tell me that I'm wrong. Her sister was a witch." Right? <laughs> oh. How many podcasts in a row can we quote that video? As many as we can. Amy Viss, what are your thoughts on good old Dick Van Dyke, Mickey Rooney, and Del Paxton in the high school band being the villains of this movie? They stole the show. Did they did they steal the show? Or did they just start a whole new show? I mean, I, yeah, Mickey Rooney, I just wanted every scene to have him in it, yelling at Ben Stiller, calling him butterscotch. (laughs) Just some random, random food item, or he says an aggressive statement, and then adds a random food item. You want the job, Snack Shack? What you got, lunchbox? Or something. (laughs) I had to punch you in the nose, hopscotch. Yeah. Everything he said was hilarious. One of the quotes that I always I always said with my friend Caleb growing up was, uh, "He looks like a weirdy." <laughs> every every line I was just cracking up, especially the uh, the scene where they uh, Dick Van Dyke hands Ben Stiller the uh, the instructions for his like first night on the job, and he's like, "You start with one, two, three. <laughs> ben Stiller's like four. It's like, "Are you cracking wise? You cracking wise?" <laughs> <laughs> and yeah uh del paxton i i didn't recognize him as del paxton rewatching this movie I, I didn't know i was like okay i know that guy i've seen him somewhere before so i looked him up bill cobbs i was looking through all his movies and i'm like del paxton that thing you do del paxton in the high school band <laughs> that's why <wild>. that's wild <laughs> dick van dyke though doesn't ever play the villain does he i mean <laughs> is that i feel like that's supposed to be a kind of an interesting twist for the movie right 
Yeah, no, at that point he hadn't. Didn't didn't he play somewhat of the villain in Mary Poppins Returns? I'm feeling like he did. No, he showed up at the end, but I thought he was like Okay. He like saved them. He like helped them. I can't remember. Okay. They were gonna like lose we their saw, house. I saw that movie twice in theaters. They were gonna like they were gonna like lose their house or something to the bank. Yeah. And like the the bank manager's son was gonna like kick him out, but then he was like the actual owner and he came in and was like, Oh, you can keep your house or something. That makes sense. Something yeah. like and that. And he like did his own little dance thing, CGI. Yeah, then he and... did a CGI dance on the desk. Actually, in the end credits scene, did you see him? He did like a Mary Poppins dance. I'm Mary Poppins, <laughs> in y'all. The end credits. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Talk about a good movie. Talk about a perfect musical, dude. I, mm. I'm not a huge fan of musicals, but I, I enjoyed it. I saw it with Mary Poppins Returns slaps dude <laughs> it is indeed jeremy very cool <laughs> other other museum staff though we got ricky gervais so yeah ricky gervais i feel like came in shot all of his lines in one day and left <laughs> and he didn't even read his lines most of the time is just him being like yeah well um you, uh, you, you, you know you, you think that's part of the character but no that's just him that's like, just ricky gervais that's how he he's does just, he's thing. just he's like improv <laughs> he like he doesn't even say the lines he was given he's just trying to improve he's just trying to improv everything and it's just really funny because he's just like muttering about himself and it's so funny wow let's all laugh at me the comedy night guard no is the answer. Sarcasm. Back at you with your, your humor box. I wasn't laughing. Pretending to laugh. If that's what you want, some sort of battle of humor, do you? You got any museum stories, Jonathan? Well, anytime I think about like a museum like this, I think of our museum in Tampa. Mosey. Alan Mosey. I, I don't know that I have any stories, but I, I mean, they did have like, uh, like a dinosaur like bones there didn't they like set yeah. up like like set up like the dinosaur like like the museum in the movie does at the at the front yeah remember they had that they were probably fake they were probably fake. Pro- probably who knows although it is called the museum of science and industry if you don't know what mosey stands for but it's not the only one mm-hmm. there's one in chicago i think um but that was basically every field trip We'd probably go on an average of one field trip a year to Mosey because it was so close. I love Mosey, though. Dude, I do, too. But, you know, more importantly than the dinosaur bones inside was the dinosaur outside of the museum. And I'm talking about Recyclosaurus Rex. Yes. <laughs> this was this, like, big two-story, I don't know, I don't know how many feet, but it's this big dinosaur out front of the museum that ha- was surrounded with like the skin was like this orange mesh that you could see through and that's where they put their recycling inside of it it's a really cool looking sculpture um maybe we can pull a picture up and post it on instagram but i do have a story about mosey and museums and you okay. all right and movies it's speaking of recyclosaurus i just remember one time speaking of coming to life exhibits mm-hmm. I remember you told me as we were driving past it, like we usually do. It's like when mm-hmm. they fill it up with trash, the light, the eyeballs come to life and it roars and it comes to life and like <laughs> roams around Temple Terrace, Florida. 
I and like I do remember might, saying it might that. eat you. Yeah, I was like, it comes off the platform. I've only seen the lights go on. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, something like when you got filled up, it came to life or something. <laughs> the eyes were lit up, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like goals for to recycle. But I was from that point on, I was like throwing all my plastics away because I did not want anything to be recycled because I did not want to die <laughs> as an eight year old from Recyclosaurus, the red mesh. Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex that's always watching I would be I would always <laughs> stare into it just like get a good look at it just like I don't trust this anyways that that's what that's all I remember from museum exhibits coming to life is that you told me that that was prior night of the museum because that, that was just my pure imagination yeah yeah that was just so, me messing with you I guess seeing this movie for the first time I was extra scared of the dinosaur i guess because i was i was like eight maybe nine when this movie came out i was in third grade so yeah i i actually did think that when the the first time you see the dinosaur like chasing ben stiller Mm -hmm. around i actually thought it was kind of kind of scary it was actually a little bit more intense than i thought it was going to be a little jurassic park park esque it it quickly turns into him just like being a puppy chasing a bone (laughs) but yeah, the the museum at Mosey was pretty pretty cool. There was several floors of different exhibits and things like that. They also had like an IMAX theater there. So, a IMAX dome theater. I remember we we would have like Boy Scout events there. I think there was like a Pinewood Derby there one time. Yeah. A bunch of different no, stuff. No, that's where I um that's where I, I I won fourth place in all of Florida for unique design as a tiger cub. It wasn't all of Florida. Save the story for when we cover Down and Derby. No, because this is at Mosey. This is at Mosey. I'll I'll repeat it. It's not really a story. It's just, I was a, we were all in Scouts growing up, and especially Cub Scouts was a big thing for us. Um, And we look forward to doing the the Pinewood Derby every year. And I really lucked out my first year as a Tiger Cub. So basically, if you're unfamiliar with the Pinewood Derby, it's actually a huge thing within scouting. And you basically have your, your troop wide competition. And then whoever like your top three performers from your troop gets submitted to go on to district finals or whatever. And then whoever wins the district, which is like a group of probably like 10, 10 or 20 troops. And then whoever goes to district and wins from that, maybe like the top five goes to council finals and council is like half of florida our our council's gulf mm-hmm. gulf ridge council and they hosted it at mosey and my first year i had a unique design on my mine wasn't all that fast it was pretty fast but it didn't make the cut after district and i was really mm-hmm. bummed out because it lost and i was like ah and then whoever it was came in clutch and was like Unique design, Jeremy Jones. And I was like, <laughs> cool. So it was a it was a pretty cool looking Pinewood Derby car. And I got fourth place in all of council. Yeah. Which for a six year old beating some twelve year olds, I was pretty pretty insane. I remember one year I had one that like it, it wasn't fast, but it had a good design. <laughs> it's was kind it of the a PT letdown. cruiser. <laughs> no. 
Dog, what is up with early 2000s middle schoolers being obsessed with PT Cruisers? They're the ugliest car ever, dude. I thought the PT Cruiser was the coolest car. That's it. So much so that when it comes time to do the Pinewood Derby (laughs) as a Cub Scout, you can design your block of wood to look like any sports car you want. Anything you can imagine. (laughs) I picked a PT Cruiser. (laughs) How embarrassing. And in fact, I didn't shorten I didn't shorten the block of wood either, so it actually looked like a PT Cruiser limo. It, it looked like a hearse, dude. <laughs> That's what it looked like. You had a well, black hearse. Well. Anyways. I mean, it was justified. You weren't the only one that thought the PT Cruiser was a big thing. Yeah, it no, was, I yeah. <laughs> I mean, they made they made PT Cruiser Scholastic Book Fair posters, which you purchased. To go alongside of your, along along with your Mini Cooper one. Yeah, I really I really liked the Mini Coopers after seeing uh, the Italian job. Yeah. (laughs) Are we talking? Are we talking cars, dude? Are we? Are we bros? Are we dudes just being dudes right now? Uh, Pinewood (laughs) cars, Pinewood Derby cars. (laughs) We can talk more about that on another episode. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I don't. Stop babbling, boy. So we talked about Dick Van Dyke and all in his his group there. And the whole I guess premise of the movie is like they're going to be losing their jobs. <laughs> so they get to choose who their successor is to hire one person, <laughs> which I think is kind of interesting. Doesn't make any sense. They're not retiring, they're getting like fired, right? Yeah, yeah, no, they're getting laid off. It's, it's they're the all Even old though, though. They are all old though, so they're probably they're probably just retiring. Well, they're going to they're going to have a nice retirement by the end of this movie. At least they're going to try to. But did they just offer the job to Ben Stiller because he has a firm handshake? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I He was like, oh, he's the one. He's I, I, I shook his hand. I know. Firm handshake, Larry. Tell a lot about a man. Come on in. <laughs> it's like apparently they had like sent like countless people over there and none of them were right for the job. They didn't hire anybody. Which yeah. I think partially is like, well, these guys are getting laid off. They're probably trying to keep their job as long as possible. So they're just like, no, they're just not the right fit. They don't really meet the qualifications. Yeah, you know? probably. Ben Stiller walks in with a firm handshake and they, yep, it's time. I, I always thought it was like they got the job, but they didn't stay long because they got scared of the of the exhibits. But yeah. then everybody would know the secret. So yeah. never mind. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, why did they even need three people to be the night guard anyway? That's a big museum, dude. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Well, Dick Van Dyke doesn't do anything. He just sits and bosses them around. That's true. Yeah, he's he's the supervisor. I mean, especially if you actually knew the museum comes to life. You'd be like, okay, this is a three-man job. But other than that, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about um larry's son nikki (laughs) dude nikki i did not like him (laughs) not not hitting it with me to be honest sorry nikki sorry jake cherry you just he's the cliche like i'm disappointed in my dad because he's a failure and then at the end he's like that's no failure that's my dad Now I'm proud enough to ask you to come to career day. 
I want to be a bond trader. That's what Paul Rudd does, and he's cool. <laughs> it's my fallback. He's too realistic as a kid. Yeah, he's too realistic. Like he's bothered too much about his his father's career path. And like that would be understandable if like he was in a very unstable had like an unstable home life. But yeah. you know, like he's <laughs> he's living with his mom and his stepdad. You know they're making like tons of money. They've got this nice place. You know, he lives with them. I don't really think that his dad moving around is bothering him that much, especially when he's not <laughs> moving around like across the country. It seems yeah. like he's just bouncing around New York trying to find a cheaper apartment because it's expensive there. Do you think Nikki will like Queens? Yeah. Um, when he said that, it's like, oh, I might move. There's a lot of cool places in, in Queens. The kid just like looks down like so sad. It's like Queens. I could never <laughs> live in Queens. I'm from Manhattan. That's depressing. Oh, man. Yeah, he just like cares a little too much about all this. and He doesn't even really seem to be that bothered by it. Maybe it's the mom because the mom's like, I just I don't think that Nikki should go and stay with you until you get fully settled. You know, also, he looks like the way he looks at Ben Stiller or like on camera. It's just unsettling. <laughs> Is it the eye contact? Yeah, it's the aggressive eye contact. I don't like it. <laughs> Jake Cherry, we are at war because we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Something really funny about just hating on a random child actor. I feel so bad. <laughs> I can't you, do you're it. You're welcome on the show anytime, Jake Cherry. If you want to redeem yourself, come on the show. You've got an open invitation. Don't expect us to like you. It's going to be an interrogation, not an interview. Well, you think you're all hot stuff because you're Ben Stiller's kid? Mm-mm. You're Paul Rudd's kid. That's not cool. You know what, Nikki? You, maybe you were an actor at one point, but maybe you're just an ordinary guy who needs to get a job. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, listen to your own advice. Yeah. Maybe you already have. I don't know. <laughs> all right. So that's enough Nikki bashing. Sorry, not sorry. Is he in the sequels at all? I, I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah, he is. Is he? I So I've only seen the second one. I never saw the third one. I remember uh, the first one we got. We didn't see this movie in theaters, but we got a bootleg DVD from someone <laughs> that we watched. <laughs> that we have like a black and white printed out case for. So that that's our memory. But we watched it and and. That's that's what we had growing up. And I remember seeing the second one in theaters. I never saw the yeah. third one. The Battle of the Smithsonian. I mean, the whole I guess the whole plot is like centered around him because basically Ben Stiller's like, oh, I got to get a job so I don't lose my apartment because. Or the respect of my kid. <laughs> I'd lose the respect of my son if I lived in Queens. <laughs> I just want to be featured at career day. That's my yeah. only reason for taking this job and keeping it. I bet some of the other moms and dads there were just like, yeah, I, I wish they didn't ask me to do this. <laughs> I don't want to speak to the class. <laughs> hey, gets me a day off work, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh... The scene where Ben Stiller goes to, like, to the temp agency or, or whatnot to get the job. Yeah. Did did you recognize who that the woman was? That's his mom. Yeah, it's his, it's his mom in real life. What's her What's her name? Dorothy Stiller? Why am I saying Dorothy? Dorothy. Dorothy's her name in Alf. 
Dor- yeah, Dorothy had a name <laughs> Alf, dude. What the heck? So I thought that was kind of a, a fun cameo in the movie. But he, he goes over to the museum and gets the job. And um, I couldn't remember rewatching this. Like, is this movie just like one night in the museum? <laughs> but it, apparently it should be nights at the museum or three nights at the museum. Because it's like yeah. over the course of several days. I couldn't really remember. <laughs> Basically of him, like he has kind of the first first night. And that's his kind of like introduction to the whole the whole thing. Yeah. And I thought it was weird the first night is it seems like it takes a little bit longer for like the people to come to life that first night. Cause it seems like he sits there like messing around at the desk, like yeah. beatboxing on the phone for like a few hours <laughs> and falls asleep. And then like the museum comes to life. How bored do you have to be? <laughs> just walk through the museum, dude. It's fun. First yeah, time yeah. ever. You're just going to sit at the desk. Come on. <laughs> but Later on, like he's like timing it. He's basically expecting when the sun goes down at this time, they're just going to like start partying. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't happen because at that point, the, the tablet's been stolen. But dude, imagine how creepy it would be to be a night watchman at an old natural history museum. Not even with them being alive, just like seeing wax figures. That'd be creepy, dude. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about that. What's the, okay? So what's the creepiest? What's the creepiest exhibit? There. Yeah, in in the movie that creeped you out the most. I mean, the anything with like human wax figures is gonna be like weird. It's gonna yeah. have that kind of like unca- uncanny valley type phenomenon where you look at it and it's like, yeah, that looks weird. Um, <laughs> but I don't. Maybe the animals, like with the lions and stuff. I don't creepiest. know. I don't because there's like snakes and stuff in there too. I don't know. I don't know. What's your think, what's your opinion? I think the creepiest ones were the Civil War reenact or oh, the Civil yeah, War characters yeah. with no faces. Yeah. <laughs> that's creepy. White yeah. morph suits. Civil War Slender Man. Yeah, that was that was that was weird. Because they, they didn't talk. do that with anything else. Yeah, no. It was just like their costumes pretty much. But Yeah. Which seeing that, that's pretty cool. I remember being at the Smithsonian and seeing George Washington's mm-hmm. like general outfit, general uniform, not outfit. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. I, I stared at that thing for probably 15, 20 minutes. Didn't we? I think we mentioned that on like a podcast. Yeah, we did. We time. talked about it on National Treasure. Yeah. That was so surreal. Like I, I've seen the first president's uniform. It's from close. From 200 plus years ago yeah like that's that's whack i could i i'm i have the need i have an itching to go to a museum right now go to the corvette museum yeah so i live like five minutes away from the court corvette museum <laughs> in bowling green kentucky <laughs> and i've never been there i've lived here for three years i love museums too i need to go check that out i don't know there's something about a museum you don't think about it but once you go to it you're like, oh, I could spend all day here, you know? It makes learning yeah. fun. If you go to a good one, I, I have yeah. been to some boring ones. Like NASA? That's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, NASA. Yeah, that's cool. Now, that's wild. <laughs> I like how at the end of the first night, uh, Robin Williams is basically like, I'll help you get them back in their cages tonight, but I will never help you again. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, it's just like, you're going to have to learn this on your own. He's obsessed with making Ben Stiller independent. 
I'm not helping you get out of here. I'm made of wax. What are you made out of, Larry? Fun fact, there's a... I didn't realize this until you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> that there's a there's an, a Day to Remember song called I'm Made of Wax, Larry, or something like that. Is it <laughs> really? A, yeah. <laughs> it's Is on it their album, Homesick. Movie? It's gotta be. I mean, it's that exact quote. I'm made of wax, Larry. <laughs> what are you made of? This is like, I didn't expect a day to remember to be like referencing Night at the Museum. I'll, I'll, I'll play a snippet here, maybe, in the show. Well, I want to hear it. I mean, it's like a pop punk with breakdowns, with screaming, basically. So it's literally called The song is I'm made of wax Larry What are you made of I thought you were just I thought you were saying that The song was called I'm made of wax No it's literally called that (laughs) That has to be it dude I know it's a reference to that And that's kind of a thing with pop punk It's like sometimes the titles Don't even have to actually reference the lyrics Really Yeah. But just like have some, some like reference like that Oh, I just remembered. I'm not a fan of Day to Remember. <laughs> oh, we haven't even mentioned one one other character in this movie. Who? Brad Garrett. Yeah, no, East that's, that's my third one. That's my third one. I, I guess I should just assume anybody with a deep voice <laughs> is going to be Brad Garrett. Because that's yeah. his thing. Especially for kids' movies. <laughs> Dum-dum. You give me gum gum. Yeah, that's the pullout quote from this. That's what everybody says. The first time I saw that, I was just like, I could tell that was going to really appeal to like the younger kids. But at the same time, Whoa, I still found I'm, it funny. I'm nine. <laughs> he said, do you call him dumb, dumb? Dumb, dumb. He's chewing gum gum. Because it rhymes with gum and dumb. And because he's insulting Ben Stiller as a dummy. You better it's run, funny, run. Right? From Attila the Hun Hun. So all he, all he does is rhyme with his single syllable words. <laughs> it's so cool. <coughs> the Merninator. The Mern. <laughs> <laughs> Watch him, Sensei. Sensei. Brad Garrett is is my hero. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's simple. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's Does it get old? Does it get old? A little Maybe, bit. Maybe. But, but not enough to make me mad. Yeah. I, I, we don't hate it as much as Nikki. I know. I was just cackling <laughs> in the theater. So it works. Did you, did you see this at the movies? I assume so. I, I don't think I did. But um, you could. You may have gone. I, I was going to say... Um, Special effects in this movie are pretty good. I, I thought I thought they held up I really well. I was really expecting them not to not to hold up or age well, but it it really did. For, for 2006, it was actually pretty solid. I thought. I liked how they did the the tiny people, the diorama yeah. room, because mm-hmm. it's not like it. They didn't try too hard to make it like the new. They just did green screen stuff. They didn't try to do it. Um. 
well, I guess that's all the only way to do it. But like for the scenes, it just seemed super simple and not overly complex. Yeah. Like they didn't try to do CGI. They legit did the the green screen like with actual human scaling. And I thought that was cool because mm-hmm. that's all you need to do is have a green screen and then just a close up of Ben Stiller. Laying on the train tracks. Simple. Easy editing. <laughs> Plus, then you can also have Jedediah. I don't like to be manhandled. <laughs> his his character gets a little old, too, but it's like, that's the point. Yeah. You know? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of similar. You know, he's got a formula, and he sticks to it, basically. Yeah. He's got, he's, it's kind of one-dimensional, but it's he's funny. Like, most of the characters here are one-dimensional. Yeah. But, I mean, you expect them to have personalities? Come on. They're they're exhibits. They're not even <laughs> the actual people. They Like, at the end, like, Robin Williams is like, I wasn't the real... I'm not really Teddy Roosevelt. I was made in a <laughs> factory out of wax. <laughs> <laughs> I never really did those things. I do like how he never got Christopher Columbus's name the entire movie until the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke Galileo no okay <laughs> did you know that Eddie Murphy's brother was in this movie who Eddie Murphy's brother Charlie Charlie Murphy, Murphy. yeah he was the taxi driver <laughs> was he okay I didn't yeah. I didn't recognize him I didn't either but I was like that guy looks like Eddie Murphy but it ain't him for some reason I know his, his brother's name but <laughs> I was like I mean like oh his brother Charlie oh, okay yeah, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't know that was him. You know him mostly from all of Eddie Murphy's movies. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, um, when you said the thing about uh, Columbus, I was wondering yeah. if that was like a subtle thing, like, because the movie is produced by Chris Columbus. And it's like, <laughs> so I didn't know if that was like, it was Chris Columbus, Christopher Columbus on purpose because he's the producer. I don't know. But the 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 movie itself was directed by Sean Levy, or Levy. Yeah, yeah. So he's got he's got a good good list of uh, film credits for as far as the the uh, kids movies go. I think we mentioned him before on Cheaper by the Dozen, as well as Inside Quotes approved movies go. Yeah, yeah. He directed Big Fat Liar. Biffle. Oh. Cheaper by That's the Dozen on the list. Pink Panther. All of the Night at the Museum movies. Uh, and upcoming Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Dude, I'm already turned off by that movie. Let's just say every Ryan Reynolds movie that he's just doing off of a whim is overtly marketed. Yeah, yeah. It's way overhyped every single time. And I know this one got delayed from COVID because I remember seeing the trailer for this a year or two ago. Yeah, it's supposed to come out last summer. But, dude, I'm not even here for it anymore. Sorry, Ryan Reynolds. You're in the same category as Nikki this episode. You're in the penalty box. I like Ryan Reynolds. I just don't like his marketing tactics. (laughs) One thing I noticed about the end of this movie, that I, I can't say that I ever noticed it before. Maybe I did. Maybe it's just been a while. But the way it ends, like the very last shot of the movie I'm talking about, You've got yeah. the Earth, Wind, and Fire song playing. Everyone's dancing in the museum. and Which both fits and doesn't fit this movie. Yeah. I always remembered the song, though. I was 
Yeah, no, yeah. It's always very memorable to me. Anytime I hear that song, I'm like, Night at the Museum. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I guess I just picked something out of the blue for it to match. But um, No, but he's got, he like reaches to his side and he like, his, his flashlight is on in his holster and he snaps and it turns off. Really? I never understood the significance of that. He snaps and the light turns off. And I was like, has he programmed the snapper technology into his flashlight? Dude, that's legit, actually. Have you noticed that before? I did not notice that, no. Which brings us to our sponsor of the day, sponsor of this episode, The Snapper. Um, You ever heard of clapping? We're, don't do that, because we can snap now. And if you can snap, you're superior. Uh, snap, crackle, pop, snappings. Well, apparently a significant portion of the population can't snap, so run into some trouble there. Use code uh, snappings2020. Tell them inside quotes sent you. Um, okay. So, yeah, that was a good little touch at the end. Um, so I lost my place on IMDb. All right. I clicked on Sean Levy. Mm-hmm. Trying to get back to Night in the Museum. And I clicked on Night in the Museum. And as, I, as it was loading, it said post-production. And I was like, what? Mm. Apparently, there's a Night at the Museum reboot coming along about Nick, his son. Uh. <laughs> it says, Nick Daly hesitates becoming a museum night watchman, and Aquaman Ra returns to conquer the world. Yeah, I I didn't know about this until right before we were recording. I pulled up Night at the Museum on Wikipedia, and there is a sentence saying a remake is also in development at Disney+. Yeah. Plus. And I'm just like, literally... Any movie we cover is got a remake or a reboot or a sequel series coming on Disney plus. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And these, these movies are too modern for a reboot to me. I don't know. Jonathan is 15 years old. Yeah, but it ended in 2014. The third one came out in 2014. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess it's, it's more of a sequel than it is. It's more like Indiana Jones four than it is a reboot because it's has it's about his son nick which we hate of course yeah so we're i mean why would they pick him like i would much rather watch a movie with paul rudd or you know bring back fat anthony anderson that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) hot take fat anthony anderson is a better anthony anderson i mean don't know why that came up to my head but i miss him Comedy wise, sure. I'm sure he's in a much healthier place these days. Oh, of course. No, I would he's never. Li- probably living I, a much better best life right now. As an ex fat person, I I I, <laughs> I don't take that seriously. Yeah, no. Anthony Anderson, he man, he had a the early 2000s. He was just like everywhere. He owned it, dude. And we gotta cover Kangaroo Jack at some point. Oh yeah. Oh they. Oh yeah. My favorite <laughs> animal. We have to. NC Spot Run. But, but we have to have an Australian guest. So start if you're Australian and you want to be on our show, let me know. G'day. Talk, mate. Let's get out of some All right. Now they, they, just said. they just unsubscribed. We will also take New Zealanders. So any Kiwis out there, yes. that's a consolation prize. Mm-hmm. So, Man, making me feel old when you tell me this movie's 15 years old, though. <laughs> Dude. It's 2021. Uh. The, the the series just it just feels too modern for like a reboot, but 
I guess that's not much different than, you know, a, a reboot of Cheaper by the Dozen or anything else, yeah. really. It's getting near. I mean, the, the Mighty Ducks, all that was like squarely in the 90s, though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But is there any information on like who's going to be like casting it? Like, is this Jake? No, they just have writers. Yeah, they just have writers. Yeah, I'm sure it'll start Dwayne the Rock Johnson (laughs) as Uh. Nicky, as Nick Daly. (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts on this new Emily Blunt Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie? I could not care less about this movie. (laughs) Me neither. It looks so bad. It's the CGI animals. I can't do it. I don't know. I guess it could be good. I'm just like hitting on it because it's like it's a Disney ride made into a movie. But then that's what Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was about to call you out on that. You know, but then then, you know, Country Bears was just like an animatronic show. And that's the greatest Disney movie of all time. So amen. No arguments there. Haunted Mansion. Not that great. Not that. Yeah. This isn't the first time they've done this. So who it could be good, could could be horrible. I know I was let down when I saw Country Bears first and then went to Country Bear Jamboree and I was like, this is Chuck E. Cheese, but creepy. <laughs> I have no interest in seeing it. I, I don't even know that I've seen a trailer for it. It just Yeah. I don't know. I ain't gonna watch it. I don't the world doesn't need another action film with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. It... We don't need them, but we're okay with them existing. You know, I guess. You know, if Brendan Fraser was in the Jungle Cruise, I would be there. I'd have my tickets today. Dude, Brendan Fraser in anything, I'll be in. He ain't, he ain't gonna be in nothing. He's he's looking like a schlub. It's a shame. I'll settle even Shia LaBeouf in Jungle Cruise. I'm down for it. Dude, what if they rebooted Holes Two? What if they made what if a they Holes do the 2? sequel, Small Steps, starring? Armpit. Armpit. <laughs> An x-ray. <laughs> An x-ray in the, the sequel book. I would honestly probably be really mad if they redid Holes. Ugh. It's a classic, and you can't, you can't touch that's that. The, that's they the will. last straw. They will. Anyways, I guess we should... Yeah, we got, we, got, we got off on a side tangent there. Yeah, we really did. This is a good movie if you, uh, if you like museums, if you like history. It might make you interested in, in learning about some of these characters in the book. I mean, yeah, might make you interested in learning in some of these, learning about some of these characters from the movie. It's a very educational movie and it, it makes what learning seems to be not fun, fun. And I'm okay with that. There, there's a scene where Ben Stiller just follows like the tour guide around all day. Yeah. <laughs> kind of creepily behind like a class of kids <laughs> trying to like get some, get the scoop on all the, all the, the people from history and yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, you know, we didn't, we didn't even really mention, we got to mention it briefly, briefly at least, uh, Sacagawea behind the glass and yeah. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt peeping Tom peeping Teddy. <laughs> You're peeping Ted. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was weird that that was the only exhibit behind glass. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was I, the real Sacagawea. Yeah, they had the real one there, and she was <laughs> locked she up was... in a cage. <laughs> Maybe it's just one of those where they're renovating, and they want to... That's the first exhibit that they chose to lock up? I don't know. Of all the years that Dick Van Dyke worked there, he probably would have 
campaigned for at least the Attila the Hun exhibit to get put behind glass. So he doesn't have to worry about him coming out and and killing him. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing is, I'm curious what, like, what their techniques for managing the museum were before Ben Stiller came along. They don't really talk about that. Like none, none of the, the museum people that come to life really even question that there's someone new there. Really. It's just like the only person that actually really talks to him is, is Teddy Roosevelt really. Yeah. I guess it's more of a herding sheep then. But I mean, they actually the guards didn't really let them out of their exhibits. To be honest, that's what they were saying with the. How could they stop them without glass? I mean, they would just step down. Oh, they lock them. Some of the they could lock some of them up in the rooms, like the animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And and we didn't really mention the uh, all the old night guards. They're they're trying to get revenge, I guess, on the museum by stealing. By stealing the tablet and selling it because it's twenty four karat gold, it's worth a lot of yeah. money. Yeah, I. Do you think that they had been planning that for years, kind of like squints? You know, I've been planning that for years. Been planning it for years, or that was like a you know, if they ever cross me, I know what to do, and they laid them off, and they're like, we know what to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, because nobody else knows about the about the tablet. I mean, I'm sure that's the only job they've ever worked. They seem like they've been at it for 50 years. Yeah. So that that kind of thing just naturally comes along. Like, I just love how they're old men and they're just obsessed with the nightlife. And every time he calls them, they're just like at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Or a rave or something. (laughs) Getting down. You you find any plot holes in this? There's going to be a million. Too too many. There's there's too many plot holes in this movie. (laughs) There's quite a lot. I I I get a very warm feeling from. I, I get a warm feeling from this movie. So I don't like it's near the near the end when it starts to the novelty starts to wear off. That's when I start thinking about the plot holes. Yeah. Then at the beginning and like right when when he's learning about the world, that's what's cool about it. That's my favorite part of the movie is that mm-hmm. first half pretty much. But then, yeah, I, I started picking it apart near the end. <laughs> yeah, I started to, to do that. But then I was like, oh, I kind of I think I did that a lot when we watched hook last week. So maybe I'll get yeah. the rest this week. <laughs> I'll ju- I just have two things. Um, one is with the Neanderthals, the cavemen. Why are they obsessed with fire when they have 21st century technology? Like, I don't know, electricity around them and heat air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the more important one is how come nobody knows about this? I mean, obviously the taxi driver knows and some of the workers know. But what kind of a important museum doesn't have security cameras? And how does Ricky Gervais not know a thing? You'd think being the curator of the museum, he would know. You'd think he would know why they put um, Spartacus in the uh, in the old chain thingy in the Western. I don't know. Security cameras ruins it. Yeah, security cameras. Uh, this- also... The the museum just gets turned like upside down every night. Yeah, like a mess. I did notice that at the beginning. I was like, I was watching that desk, that front desk, to make sure it was like that thing had to have been falling apart. But every time it got thrown or something, it stayed intact. Yeah, I noticed that. So it's just a bunch of like picking up papers and picking up matchsticks. Yeah, 
from the mini guys that are spears. Is it after the first night that Ricky Gervais tries to fire him? Or is it the second night? Ricky Gervais is always trying to fire him. What are you talking about? Every single night. Well, I think it's the second night. The first night, it's the second night that it's it's really a mess, right? Yeah. The next day. I yeah. just I just remember there's like I don't know, anyway, there's there's some part of the movie where like it's a mess and Ricky Gervais like calls Ben Stiller over to him to to talk to him and reprimand him. And yeah. then when he walk after they have that conversation, he walks back. It seemed like a continuity error because it looked like the museum was like back to normal. Like it was cleaned up. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't see how they could keep the, the secret, especially if they had any kind of security. I mean, I guess they don't even have a security system because Dick Van Dyke just walks up and steals the tablet, I assume. <laughs> I, right? I guess so. I mean, <laughs> security systems were, I mean, now every single mom and pop shop has a security camera. Yeah. Every house has a security camera nowadays because it's so accessible. Yeah. But 2006? You're still going to have security cameras on the major important th- places. Like, I don't know, the biggest museum in New York City. Of course you're going to. You're full. It's full of valuables. Come on. Oh, never mind. Plot hole. Doesn't matter who's watch. It doesn't matter about the security cameras. There could be security cameras. But who's watching those security cameras? The security guards. The four people that are authorized to watch security camera footage. Are either the three that are stealing it or the one that already knows. So debunked. There. And Ricky Gervais just doesn't give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> well, overall, Jeremy, I, I rewatching it. Uh I, I look back at the movie pretty fondly. It was it's a good movie to watch. I and it made me actually I, I need to go back and watch two and three. And by what rewatch three, I mean watch it for the first time. <laughs> so I never yeah. watched that one. So, so maybe this will inspire me to to go watch two and three. But we'll we'll see. I'm I might get the gist of it after two. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of the no thing. Way. I feel like the novelty wears off. That's kind of the thing over time. But you can only do so many stories. It's like this is how a kid sequel works. You do yeah. the same thing as the first movie, only yeah. in London, but bigger. Or somewhere else in the world, a.k.a. Yeah. Let's do the Smithsonian. The third one's more about Egypt and, like, Cairo. That's cool. Okay. But couldn't be bothered. Any any final thoughts, Jeremy, on Night at the Museum? You're going to be going to a museum pretty soon, inspired by the movie. This movie just reminded me how much I love museums, and I really just want to go to one now. So, uh, yeah, just check me out at the next museum. I thought I'd check you out at the library. <laughs> uh, anyways, so Jonathan, next week it is your turn to choose the movie. And we only have some guidelines for this month, and that's Robin Williams Appreciation Month. So why don't you tell the listeners what we have in store for next week? So yeah, we're, we're continuing our coverage of some, uh, some of our favorite Robin Williams movies. And here's a clip. It's a... Uh... <laughs> What's it for? I use that to lower the temperature of the tank. Let him have it. No, no. Give it to him. No, no, no. Give it to him. We st- stop that and give it to him. Put, 
put it in his hand and give it to him. No, 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 no. Give the gun to him. Mm. Thank you. So our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And if you haven't found us on Instagram yet, what are you doing? Get on there right now, sign in, and give us a follow, Inside Quotescast. If you have any movie suggestions for any future episodes, send us a DM or comment on any of our posts, and we'll take that into account. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. If you do, we will give you gum gum. If you don't, you are a dumb dumb. You are a dumb dumb. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us revisit our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until then, so long and thanks for all the fish.